Torah of today's daf is Tzadi Zayin 97 and we pick up in the Mishnah in the middle of Tzadi Vav Mutvet, and we are continuing with Gzela issues the first big Mishnah had to do with Kinyani Gzela and this Mishnah continues it um, and let's take a look Gazel Behem of Hizkina this was quoted before somebody steals an animal and it gets old Avadim Behizkina and slaves and they get old Mesham Keshaz Gzela you pay according to the time that it was stolen and again as I mentioned the other day the big question here is um, you know it sounds like it's at your Kona the slave and your Kona the the the, the, uh, the animal with his shinoi and now you have to pay based on the value of uh, what it was when you stole it uh, but there's another possibility here which is not really being fully explored in the Gemara which is maybe you give back the slave and the animal maybe it's not enough of a shinoi for you to be Kona it's still the same slave and the same animal just older but maybe you pay the difference maybe it's an, maybe the thing is worth less so the fact that there might be a space between the idea of Shinui Kone of taking of owning it as opposed to like there's like three there's like we're gonna see in the Mishnah there's like you know there's like there's like here is Hareshachalafanecha you give the same thing back and you say it's unchanged okay it's, it's effectively unchanged even if it's worth less we don't really notice that it's changed and you're able to give it back to the owner and over here you have Shinui Kone okay it's a different object okay now there's a lot of space in between those two there's something that actually like that's a continuum right isn't there things here that it actually it's changed and you can't say oh I'm just giving you back the same thing but it's not enough of a different object that you should be Kona it. Okay, so that's not explored in the Mishnah, but something like a slave that gets old or an animal that gets old, does that mean it's so different that you own it? Or does that mean, no, you can't say, you can't say, look, it's the same object I took from you. It's not the same, it's older. It's worth a lot less. Pay the difference. Okay, so the idea that there would actually be a possibility you'd give back the object and pay the difference as opposed to owning the object or giving it back and paying nothing makes a lot of sense and it's possible that's the case in the Mishnah the Mishnah doesn't say you own the slave or you own the old animal it just says you have to pay according to the original value maybe that means pay the difference right but that is not really explicitly explored but logically that's a category that makes a lot of sense okay so anyway that's what the Mishnah says that you say that you, that you have to pay based on the original value which again either means you cone it and you pay the amount when it was you stole it or you give it back and you pay the difference the Bimeir Omer Slaves are like karka, they're not stolen, and therefore, once you give back the slave, you don't have to pay the difference. There's never an act of gzela that makes you liable for the value. It's just not your object, so give it back. Okay, but if it's the, but basically, you can go ahead, and uh, presumably, according to that, let's say the slave died. Would you say, well, I never stole it? There's no such idea of stealing. There's no gzela by slaves. Okay, so or is always so. Therefore, you can always like give it back um, and not have to pay anything um, okay now let's say you stole a coin that got a crack in it uh, or fruit that rotted um, wine that became uh, that uh, became vinegar so you pay again the full amount you can't give the object back 
Does that mean you give it back and you pay the difference? These types of cases would seem like the object really has completely changed. So maybe you own the object and you pay the full amount, okay? But you can't just give it back and be exempt. Now, Matbeya Venifso, Truma Venitmes, let's say you stole a coin and it did not physically crack. It's just that it had been um, invalidated by the government. The government had issued new, new coins. Or Truma, and it became Tame. So it now has no, not no use. You can burn it and use it, get benefit as you're burning it. But it's obviously worth a trivial amount, but it's not a visible damage, right? It just became tummy. You can't see the tumah. Um, and now that really is worthless after Pesach. Okay, but it's not of damage that's visible. That's a hezek nikar, a non-visible damage. Okay? Or an animal that was used for an act of bestiality, an act of sexual transgression that can now not be brought as a sacrifice. Okay, which again is not a permanent damage. The biggest damage here is Chometz Pesach. Like the fact that you can't use an animal for a sacrifice is a minimum damage. But anyway, but the, the common denominator of all these things is that it's a non-visible damage. Um, oh, I guess might be that there actually is witnesses to it, um, and then it would be stone. So that would be a case that would be worthless. Okay, being invalid for the altar is that there are not witnesses, uh, but it's still because this act was done cannot be used as an all as uh, as a korban. Or another example that it becomes invalid for the altar would be that there's like some type of a blemish. In all these cases, it was a shorhaniskal, and it was and it was going to be uh, and it was going to be uh, stoned. In all these cases, you say, look, it's your thing. Looks the same. It's the same object that I stole. Okay, so the end is definitely a big chiddush, where the object is worth very little or worth zero, but nevertheless, because it's not visible, you can essentially say, I'm giving you back the same object. And I satisfied my obligation, I returned the object, even though now you have something that's worthless. Okay, that's a big chiddush. But again, the question at the beginning of the mission is, does the beginning of the mission mean to say the, all these things mentioned are shinoi and your kona, or all these things are different enough that you can't say that you can't say I did nothing it's the same thing it, 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 you know it's not in the same condition and would you ha- and therefore you have to pay the difference okay so again that's the absent that's the issue that is not being addressed which is is it that you are co- is it that you're not kona it but you give it back and pay the difference or is it that you are kona it and you pay the amount it was when you stole it yes Charlie yeah question um, the coin that's been invalidated could still be melted down right I, I, I was wondering about that I mean the Gemara anyway is going to discuss how bad Nifsula is in general and that is correct you still do have the raw value now that might be the fact that it's not worthless a lot of these things aren't worthless right something that can't be used on the Mizbeach is not worthless right. it's worth less but it's not worth zero right yeah. so that's right so, right so that is the question the comments that was in the possession of a Jew over Pesach is that a rabbinic prohibition that is rabbinic but it is true that it still has no value it yes. has no value by rabbinic right by, exactly okay so let's take a look at the Gemara Amar Papa said, Rav Papa, lo iskina, iskina mamish. When it got old, that you're, um, that you now have to pay the full value, the, the original value. Is that literally old, like you know, old and, and useless? Elafil kichesha, even if it just got weaker. Okay. Now again, to assume that kichesha means that you're kona it sounds crazy. The animal got a little bit weaker, like you're kona it. But again, maybe the only point is not that you're kona, but just that you can't say harayshachalafanecha and you have to pay the difference. So the Gemara says. But our mission says get, got old, which is a significant amount of change. So the Gemara says no. 
Sigoni Iskina. No, what our Mishnah means is not literally old, even getting weaker, but a weaker that's similar to getting old. What would the weaker similar to being old mean? Bari said it's not going to get better, so it's not a Shunri Hachos there, okay? So it's some type of, you know, I don't know, maybe it broke a leg or something, or some type of a thing that it's not going to, that it's a permanent change, okay? So if it's a temporary thing, maybe you actually can say and give it back. If it's permanent, you cannot, even if it's not that it got old, even if it's just that it got somehow somehow, you know, somehow injured or somehow worth less. Um, so, the elder, the, uh, uh, the Mark Yishisha, the elder Mark said to Rab, uh, the son of Rav Chiza, said to Rav Ashi, Here's what they say in the name of Rav Yochanan. A few gone of Tlevin as Ayav is now the third time we're saying this in this Masechet. Even if you stole a, a, a sheep and, uh, and it became a ram, Egev and Asashur, a calf and became an ox, now Now you have taken possession of it. And notice here it says that it's actually considered possession. Okay? Um, not just, you know, and for the following halacha. And if you slaughtered or sold it, this goes back to a Geneva discussion. So you you know you are uh, you're you're slaughtering and selling your own thing. You have no you have you do not have the liability of four and five after this for selling it. So the relevance for this is is that you don't need literally he's kina. Right? He's kina means it's a permanent change. There's also a permanent change. A calf becoming a cow. But as I said the other day, he's kina means that you now have no use for it. Right? It basically became like a worthless object. You know, a fl- it lost all the er- earlier functions. Here it actually became, you know, did not become, you know, worthless. It actually became something that now it's actually quite usable. It's actually quite good, you know, but nevertheless, and it's totally natural change, and that way it is similar to Yizkina. So this type of a thing of a natural change is considered that it now is a new object. Again, now one imagines that if, you know, obviously it has to be a qualitative difference. You don't say, well, you stole a five-day-old calf, and now it's a ten-day-old calf, right? You're always returning it a few days later. So there has to be a certain type of a qualitative change, and one of the things mentioned here is a Shinu Hashem, it's called something different, okay, and therefore, even though it was not through any physical action that you did to it, it was natural, but it's now, it now has, has a different name on it, so now it is like a Shinu, and the person owns it. Amalei, he said back to him, Lavamino Chai, haven't I told you, Lo Tachlis Gavri, don't mix up the people. That was not said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, that was said in the name of Rabbi Ilah. Okay, but by the way, that, I think, is less of a Chiddush than the Mishnah. The fact that a calf that's now a cow, right, or a, or a, or a, ba- a lamb that is now a ram, a lamb that's a ram, you know, that that's a Shinoi, that's much more drastic than something becoming old, I think, or, you know, or it's certainly more drastic than something becoming weaker, right? So all these things now are being categorized together, and again, not to beat a dead horse or cow or whatever, <laughs> but, the, but the question I keep on asking guys, are all these things cases that you can't say, Harei Shechal Right, that's clear. All these things, cases that you're kone, that's less clear. This case here about becoming a ram and becoming an, a, a cow, there it said you're kone it. The cases of something getting old or something getting weaker, it never said you're kone it. It just said that you have to pay based on the original value. Okay, so that's again that space here in the middle where you can't say it's not the same, but it might not have changed drastically enough to say you're kone. Maybe it's a middle place where the owner still owns it, but because it's different, it's not the in the pristine same condition you have to pay the difference 
Okay, so now, yeah. But you are putting a point in the middle of that line because that's just one point in all that continuum. Right. But the point is, so far, we've only been discussing the two ends of the line. Right. I'm, but the Gemara has not said explicitly that there's that middle point. I'm raising that possibility. No, it, it, it said, it, it said, a, uh, it said when, a, uh, when a, uh, a lamb turns into a lamb. Yeah, it says, Nasa Shinu Kno. It was saying that that was that case. That's the middle point. That's not middle. the aging continuum. <laughs> no, I, I, fine. It's a middle point of the aging, but I'm talking halachically. All the Gemara has explicitly been talking about is saying Chalafanecha or being Koneh. And I'm saying conceptually, there's a middle case where it's not enough of a shinoi that you're not Koneh, but it's different enough that you can't say Chalafanecha. That's this point. That, that's How do you know? No, where did it say that you it said you're Koneh? I'm saying there's a place you're not Koneh. The Gemara, by the, has, uh, the Gemara by the lamb becoming a ram and, uh, and the calf becoming a cow said you are Kone. Nasa shinoi biado knao. Right? You are Kone. You are. That's this point. You're Kone. Right? There's one extreme. It's so different. You're, it's a, your object, you're Kone. There's another extreme. It's the exact same object. Right? Can there be a case where I steal your car and I bump and, 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 and I bang the fender? Okay? You know? So it's not I, it's not a different object, but do I get to say or do I have to pay you for the difference? Presumably, I have to pay you for the difference. Many of the cases in the Mishnah which says you pay kishasak zela are not saying explicitly that you're konet. It could just be it's a damaged object. It's an object that's worth less. You have to pay the difference. So all I'm saying is that that idea that there's a middle category has not been said explicitly in the Gemara. No, are we not communicating? The Gemara until now has assumed it's implicitly that Shasak Zela means you're Kona the object and you pay based on the value it was when you were stolen. Yeah, but that hasn't said that explicitly, and I agree. A very it would imply this middle category. I agree that's a very reasonable read, but that has never been said explicitly. And a lot of the times yesterday when we're dealing with Shasak Zela, the Gemara seems to implicitly understand that you're Kona, but not necessarily. So I'm just I'm just pulling that out. That Mashalin Kishasak Zela. Why don't I? write that here there's Havesha Chalfanecha there's Nasa Shino Biado and it's possible that in the middle of there is Mashalim Keshat HaGzela I mean thank you for saying that that's really what I was trying to say that that phrase in the Mishnah could easily mean you return the object and pay the difference it could mean that okay Mishalim Keshat HaGzela to return the object and pay the difference okay but it also could mean you're Kona the object and pay the original amount Okay, all right. So let's now continue in the Gemara. Um, okay, the mayor Omer, by slave, even though you steal it, you can just say, "Here's your slave back." Okay, we rule like Rabbi Meir that slaves are like karka and there's no gzela uh, rules that apply to it. Yeah, well, that we rule like Rabbi Meir, yes. So the Gemara says, Verav says exactly that. Verav Shavik Rabban and David to Rabbi Meir. Verav is abandoning the rabbis and going like a das yachid like Rabbi Meir. Ami mishum debraisa ipchatanya because Rav was a brayter that had the opinions reversed that had the rabbanon saying that slaves are like karka. So the Gemara says Verav Shavik masnis Ravik to so why is he going like the Bryce's version? Go like the Mishnah's version. That the Rabbana are the ones that are saying that slaves are not like Karka. So the Lord says, Rav Masnisa Nabi Pratani. 
Yeah, well, Rav had an art Mishnah also in the reversed opinion. So my time is the Rav Dafik now. The Gemara doesn't really believe he had the Mishnah in the version, uh, the literally, literally, like the same bright. It understands that he, he corrected the text of the Mishnah according to the bright. So it wants to know why he did that. Why did Rav reverse the names in the Mishnah to be consistent with the Brita? And Ad um, say the opposite. Reverse the names of the Brita to be consistent with the Mishnah. So the Gemara says, Rav Nami Masnisin Ipcha So now it seems to sort of like repeat what it said before. Rav actually, no, it's not that he changed the text of the Mishnah. He literally had the Mishnah that had the different version that had that Rabbi Meir was the one that said that slaves are not like Harka. The Chachamim said it was like Harka. If you want, I could say, you're right, he did change the text of the Mishnah. So why did he follow the brightest lead and change the text of the Mishnah? If it was one against one, you wouldn't, you wouldn't edit the Mishnah on the basis of the Brita. But one against two, he did reverse it. And he found two Brita's that had, that had the positions to reverse. One was a Brita that read just like our Mishnah, that said that Rabbi Meir said slaves are not like Harkar, the Chamin said slaves are like Harka, plus the following Brita that also had the positions reversed. The time that we talk about Brita. So somebody, you know, swapped a cow for a donkey. And um, so you gave me your donkey, I told you my cow. It works with Chalipin, you didn't take possession of the cow yet. It was a pregnant cow, we went to take possession of it. And when you went to take possession, it had already given birth. Okay, or similarly, I sold you my female, uh, mace, uh, my female slave uh, with money. We went, when you went to take possession of it, she had been pregnant, now she had already given birth. And we are debating when did this birth happen before or after the sale took place right because we weren't there when it happened and the sale took place sometime in, you know sometime along you know you know sometime in the last two hours you know, the sale took place at noon she gave birth sometime between 11 and 1 p.m. so we want to find out you know when was that obviously if you bought it you bought the, the cow you want the birth to have taken place you know after you took possession and if I'm selling the cow I want to claim the birth take place before you took possession and therefore you did not get the baby Okay, so the Gemara says, so what's the halacha? Um, the purchaser says, it gave, you know, gave birth after it became mine. The halacha shotek, and the other one, so if the other one says, well, I don't know, so he's not making a claim. Or zelmer um, zachaba. So the one who is making the definite claim wins. Because we basically say, this would be like a bari v'shem, a bari adif. One of them says, I know when it gave birth and the other one says I don't know so the one who says I know the one who's making a definite claim he wins they both say they don't know when it gave birth so um, uh, you divide the value of it they both claim it definitely is theirs so what's the principle so so who is the one that was the default owner the seller right the seller at one time owned it all so the question is did the buyer now when he took possession of the cow did he also take possession of the baby where did you know when was the baby born so the buyer is essentially the motzi mechavero of the seller right the one coming to claim something that had been the seller's is now his okay 
So basically, so the point is, it actually is a motive in Nixos, okay? Jonathan there is the buyer, I'm the seller. Jonathan says, you basically owe me a cow and a, and a calf. And I say, no, I only owe you a cow. So it's a motive in Ixus. Okay, so I have to take an oath that it's only the cow that he has and not the cow and the calf. Okay, so Yeshava HaMokir Shebrushu Siyalda, I take an oath that it gave birth before the sale took place, and therefore, and I'm exempt. Anybody who takes an oath takes an oath and doesn't pay, um, right? The, the, in the Torah, an oath gets you out of payment rather than entitles you to collect. That's what Rabbi Meir says. And Chachamim say, no, there's no oath that can be imposed on slaves. The case is, there are two claims. Yes, you would, I would have to make an oath in the case of the, of the calf, um, but in the case of the slave, I don't make an oath because you cannot impose an oath on the case of a slave. Okay, why? Because there is a halacha. You don't make oaths on karka, and slaves are like karka. So here we have a question. So this whole interesting issue about the calf and when it gave, the cow when it gave birth is not really our issue. Our issue is the debate of Rabbi Meir and the Chachamim. Can you take an oath on slaves? Where Rabbi Meir says you can, and the Chachamim say you can't. So that's the debate. Are slaves like karka or not? And that's the reverse of our Mishnah, right? Because in this Brita, Rabbi Meir says, you take an oath on slaves. Slaves are not like karka. In our Mishnah, Rabbi Meir says, you say, slaves are like karka. Everybody get how the Rabbi Meir position has reversed? Yes, in our Mishnah, Rabbi Meir says, by slaves, they're like karka. Here he says, you make an oath on slaves, they're not like karka. So that's why Rav reversed himself. Okay, so there we got it. So the Gemara says, hi, hello, Rabbi Meir. So one minute, if Rav thinks that Rabbi, our Mishnah is wrong, and that Rabbi Meir really is the one that says that slaves are not like karka, and we rule like the Chachamim that they are like karka, why does he say we rule like Rabbi Meir. He should be saying we were like the Chachamim because he reverses who says what. Hi, Alech Rabbi Meir, Alech Rabbi Meir, he should say we were like the rabbis since he's, uh, he actually claims that that is the rabbi's position. So the Gemara says no. This is what it means. Based on your mis- you know, reversed version of the Mishnah, I believe the Mishnah has the names reversed. But you think the Mishnah has Rabbi Meir being the one that says that slaves are like Harka. So based on your reversed version, we rule like Rebbe Mayer, okay? But basically what Rob is saying is, we rule that slaves are like Karka. In our Mishnah, that appears as the position of Rebbe Mayer, but actually it's the position of the Rabbanon, the positions are actually reversed, and we rule that slaves are like Karka, okay? So that's what Rob is saying. Yeah, what? This, is, this, this question comes immediately after Rav Ashi Shai's For reversing the names. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yep. What? Okay, yes. Why do we assume that they would have to be like Karka in all things? Uh, why do we assume they get across the board? Yeah, so Tosos raises that question as well because if you meant actually exactly on this sugya, because one of the this cases is that I said you you swap the cow for the donkey because you might have to draw a scenario where you didn't have the object when it gave birth. So normally though chattel is sold by taking physical possession. How could you get it, get it without having it in your possession? So one example is Chalipin. That's what it gave by the cow. But when it moved to the case of the slave it said, or you sold the slave. Now why? Because slaves, how are slaves sold? Slaves are sold not by not by like uh, 
not by Mashiach or Hagvah, slaves are sold by money. But you know why slaves are sold by money? By Kesef Shkar and Chazaka? Because that's how land is sold. So Tozos actually points out, isn't it interesting that in the middle of a debate about whether you take an oath on slaves, everybody agrees that the way you take possession of slaves is the same that you take possession of Karka. So, you know, it, do we make distinctions based on categories? So if you take a look at this Tosos, Tosos says, Hamachlif Par Bechamor, he says, Orcha de Milsenaka, Shaderek Lachlif Par Bechamor, Vlim Kreshivka Bedamim. Although Ain Lefarish, you can't say, Lomati Lemingkara Mochad Par Vyado, if he's Ain Par Nikmis Pekesef, blah, 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 but a Shifcha is Nikmis Pekesef, because he says we're dealing with the possibility that slaves are not like Karka. But anyway, if you skip to then the answer, he says, um, it's like five lines before that Tosos is over. Line starts to work He says, When it comes to this question about like Zayla or taking an oath, near the Gemara, maybe when it comes to questions about how do you do an act of a Kenyan, maybe everybody agrees that slaves are like land. And you do an act of a Kenyan with like Kesef or Star and Chazaka. That's not debated. Well, the question though is, is what we do put in the same so not that everything you know it's all one decision maybe maybe Kenyan everybody agrees it's like land so what's the reason though to assume like Jenna said that the questions about Gazelle and questions about Shu are the same so Tosa says because that's when the exclusion of slaves is a little bit more arbitrary it's based on like this klal pradu klal like this raises the question why is land excluded from taking the Shrua why is land not stolen what's the basis before we get to why are slaves like land let's ask why is land excluded from these and most of the time it's based on some drush of a klal pradu klal like it says it has to be like those are like classic claw protocols we do it has to be cattle and of intrinsic value you know and those types of things and excludes slaves and includes stars and includes excludes excuse me excludes carca etc so the basic answer is you're right as in many things you could make a distinction for some categories it's x and for other it's y and there is actually a gemara that's, uh, that does that in one place but here uh, it's based on mostly these exclusions are based on some drush of a claw prado claw which is seen as like a relatively arbitrary exclusion so either it's assumed that we're going to put them either in the same category for all or you know or not I mean you know it's all be one category all be the other if it's arbitrary we might right if there's a logic to it then we'll then we'll test whether the logic works in an individual case if it's an arbitrary formalistic question of our slaves formally identified as karka then we're going to be like consistent right that's a good, <laughs> good way of saying it yes uh, can you take the question of the slave by moving it um no um uh it has to be can you do by hagvah I'm trying to remember. I'm not sure. There might be some discussion, but I don't think so. No, I think it has to be Kesheshar and Chazaka. Okay, so the Gemara says like this. Now, okay, so now he's established that at least, uh, according to Rob, he rules like our version of Rav Meir, his version of the Rabban, and the slaves are like Karka. And, you know, as Jenna correctly said, in theory, you could say it depends uh, by different areas of halacha, how we treat it. But if he, this is seen as a somewhat of an arbitrary category, then slaves are going to either be in the category or not be in the category. And now let's see how the Gemara applies this to a practical halacha. Did Ravili say a 
slaves are like karka. Now we're gonna, I mean, it is a practical look before about whether Haresh or Cholfanecha, but we're going to see, I think, what I think is a little bit of a more interesting application. The Amar Rav Dania, Rav Katina, Amar Rav, so it was said in the name of Rav, Hatogif Avdo Shechavera, Vaosaba Malacha Pater. If you basically seize your friend's slave and use it to do Malacha, you're exempt. Now, why is this relevant? If karka, if slaves are considered nigzelet, okay, what happens when I steal your cow? We just had this yesterday. I steal your cow, I use it to plow my, your land, my land, and I give it back to you. Do I have to pay you for the use of it? No. Right? Remember that, remember that case yesterday? I stole the guy, stole the cow, right? That's the principle, again, that's the irony of it that we've been pointing out, but it's a principle that sometimes is called kinyane gzela. By taking physical possession of it, that gives me certain rights and means that I don't have to pay you for the use. I just return it for you and I've exempted myself from my, its responsibility. Okay. What if, however, I go and live in your house without your permission and your house is up for sale and I make use of your, you know, your house. Do I have to pay you rent? So you might remember that was a discussion earlier in the Gemara called Zenen or Zenen So everybody agreed if it was Zechaser, if the house was up for rent, you had posted it on Airbnb, and then I was in it and I chased the other people away because I was in it, I do have to pay you rent, right? I used your thing. It's a thing that you normally charge rent for. My use of it caused you a loss. I pay you for it. So why do I pay you when I use your house? and it's their but if I steal your cow and I use it and your chaser you can't use it I don't pay you and the difference is and this is the irony since a cow is nigzelet since it's considered stolen and that's different it seems like I take physical control over it I become actually I have some quasi not de facto rights to it because I've taken possession of it it's very bizarre that means that I don't have to pay you for its use I'm a quasi owner right now by force and therefore I get to use it and I just return it and I'm exempt. Whereas by the Karka, when I'm in your house, I wasn't, didn't steal your house. I'm just using your thing without the right. I'm not a goslin on it. And I'm using your thing without the right and it's causing you a loss and I'm getting a benefit. I have to pay you for its use. That's the difference. So by ca- house, if I use it, I pay you. Especially if it's chaser. By a cow, if I steal it and use it, I don't pay you. What about a slave? I steal your slave and I use him and he does work for me. Do I pay you or not? So the question would be, is a slave Nigzel or not. If a slave is seen as like a cow and it's Nigzel, I don't pay you for the use. If it's seen as a house and it's not Nigzel, then I'm using your object which I never technically stole, so I have to pay you for the use. Okay, so let's take a look. So did Rav really say that a slave is like land? Didn't we say, didn't Rav say, You're exempt. The East, which makes sense if it's like a cow, but doesn't make sense if it's like a house. If it's like land, am I potter? Why are you exempt? Even after you took the slave, it's still under the owner's possession. It's not considered stolen, and you're using the person's property without having stolen it. You have to pay for it. So that's a good question. What are you talking about? That actually it was a zenyan evzelochaser. Technically, you're right. A slave is like a house. And if by you using it, you prevented him from working for his master. It was a zenyan of the chaser. You have to pay. The only reason you didn't pay it's not a re- it's, it's a funny thing because then the Rav's real chiddush is shalom b'shas malacha like the key you know the key criterion is missing right it seems like Rav was saying a blanket statement you never have to pay no 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 you really do have to pay it's like living in the guy's house but if you did it not at the time of malacha it was a zelo chaser then you don't have to pay okay 
and here you go exactly like we taught much earlier in the in, in Babakama. if you live in your friend's yard shalomi data without his permission do you have to pay him or not and they sent back to him you don't have to so because it's a case of zen Right? If it was a Zeluchaster, if it wasn't the type of a house that's open for rental, etc. Okay? So the Gemara is saying is the Chiddush here is not that a slave is like a cow and you don't pay. The Chiddush here is he could have said the same case about a house. If you use your friend's land, you don't have to pay him for it because of the principle of Zenenev Zelochaser. And the case by a slave, it would be Zelochaser, would be when it's not the time of Melacha. So he says, one minute. He says, Hachi Haser. What type of a comparison is that? There, he says, actually, it is a chaser. If you remember the Gemara's discussion earlier, there was some type of a chaser, even if you're not have the house listed on Airbnb and it's not up for rental, there's a chaser because, you know, you're like, uh, you're doing, your, you know, your presence maybe is causing some damage, maybe it's preventing me from using it myself, but the chaser was counterbalanced by some benefit you bring to my house when you're in it. What benefit do you bring to my house? when you're in it. So, right, remember the Gemara says the blackening of the walls was a chaser. There's always going to be a little chaser, even if you're not open for renting your house. But it's counterbalanced by the fact that either Beis Mesa Yasiv, the house is settled when somebody is there, right, somebody who's there attends to it, waters the plants, you know, just the, you know, makes people know that it's not an abandoned house. So that counterbalances the slight damage that comes from the person's use of it. Nichole, so then I, that's good for the owner or or based on the approach of the remember it said that there are demons that fill the house when it's, when, it's, when it's vacated so the person's presence you know prevents those demons so also either way in a normal house that is not being listed for rental it's not a chaser because there is a little chaser but it's counterbalanced by the benefit you bring by being in the house. And that's why you don't pay, because ultimately it's a zen and zelo chaser. But he says that's not true about a slave. A slave is chaser. What's the chaser by a slave? Does, it, does the guy want you to cause the slave to get weaker? You're working my slave. This was his time off. You know, maybe he was recuperating from the job I put him on. You're working him. That doesn't do me any good. It's actually a ze chaser. Alright, so everybody get it? So why are you exempt when you use the guy's slave? If you treat it like a cow, then it's like, you know, it's stolen, so a goblin doesn't pay for use. But if you're saying that a slave is like karka, it should be like living in the guy's house. And don't tell me it's not chaser, it is chaser. You're making, you know, you're, you're working my slave when he should have some time off. So the Gemara says, no. Amri, um, actually, it's good for me that you're using my slave. Why? Do the least that my slave should not, like, you know, get lazy. So the fact that you want to go ahead and use him, and, you know, and, and grab and seize him anytime he's just sitting around, that's actually something I prefer. You know, you got to imagine what the society like this looks like. Right? There he is, you're walking by my yard, you see my slave on his lunch break, you're going to grab him and slip him into your house to, you know, to deal some work. Oh, yeah, I want you to do that. All right, anyway, so that's 
Zephyrus claim that a karka is not nigzo, okay, slaves is not nigzo, and but you should have to pay, but if the case is there, will chaser. I want you to use my slaves at all times. Okay, so the Gemara says, Be'rev Yosef Barchama have a takif avdi inchi demasik buzuze. And now we're going to see, you know, it's one thing, you might say you're not allowed to do it, but if you do it, you don't have to pay. Now we're going to see that it seems like it's like open season on slaves that aren't working, you know? So it's like, you know, so the house of Rev Yosef Barchama, they would see slaves of people that owed them money, the avdi buhumalacha. Okay, so Charlie here owes me money, and I see his slave, you know, you know, walking in the, in, you know, walking in the street, and I grab him and have him come to my house to do some work for me. Okay, now that's not to pay off the loan. So that Gemara is going to get get to the whole problem about like ribis, right? It would be one thing if I seized him, had him work for me, and had that to work towards paying off the loan. But it's not that. It's just like it's incidental. You happen to owe me money, and I'm going to now just seize your slaves and have them do work for me because they don't because they seem, in my view, they're not doing anything else that's, you know, should be taking up their time, yeah. But that's just another sort of categorical, I mean, the, the, we had just said that maybe it's to my benefit that you use my slaves, but right. it seems if you're specifically going to the people who owe you money, then it seems like it's some kind right. of... Right. Right. Taking advantage of them or something. Right. right. I mean, that's going to be the funny thing. Right. So, and, like, why was Dafka those people that he was taking their slaves? It seems like he was using some leverage in order to do that. Or you, you do it to people you're mad at, which would mean it's not... Right. That's a good point, too. Right. So, let's take a look where the Gemara goes with it. I'm only Rabbi Bray. So, Rabbi said, his son said to him, my time Avid Marhachi, why are you doing this? Stealing, taking somebody's slave and using it. I mean, this really shows you, like, a very, you know, obviously it's not a surprise, but obviously, like, you know, a very negative attitude they had towards slaves. Oh, yeah, anytime a slave is not working, he's lazy, it'll always be of benefit to put him to work. So here's a similar idea. A slave isn't even worth the stomach, the, the bread in his stomach. You know, ah, slaves are worthless. They're not, you know, they don't even, they, you know, they don't even work off of the food that you feed them. You know, so any extra work you can get out of them, they're just, they're so lazy. It's, you know, it's all for the good. So, Amalei, Eimadam, Rav Nachman, when did Rav Nachman say that, that essentially it was like a, you know, like the master would want you to be working the slave all the time, I guess. When did he say that? To go and Daru Avde, like Daru, his servant. He was saying that because he was upset about one of his slaves, that his, one of his slaves was like a, was like a good for nothing. Okay? The Marquis Bekubi, that basically like, you know, dances a jig or something. How do they translate to Marquis yeah. Bekubi? Or dances in the wine house? I know. I know. I know. It's, I, it's deeply disturbing, but that's what, the, you know... Yeah, I know, but yeah, exactly. So he, you know, that, he said that because he was responding to one of his slaves that he felt was like lazy and just would dance around. But Kulu Avdi, Mavdi Avdi, all other slaves, they do real work. So how you can't say slaves aren't wor- worth their food? Slaves do real work. What right do you have to go ahead and take somebody else's slave and use it for yourself? I'm a lay. I like Rav Daniel severely. I don't like Rav Daniel. I'm a Rav Daniel by Rav Kitina. I'm a Rav. I took it by Rav You're exempt. Now, why are you exempt? Why isn't it the case about Zenyan Evzechaser and that you'd be liable, assuming that slaves are like Karka? You see that if you're exempt, it means that it's the case of Zelo Chaser. 
Why is it that when I use somebody's slave? It must be that people want their slaves to be constantly worked. And that's actually because rather than their slaves becoming lazy. Okay, now by the way, just because we say that it's a Zelochas, it doesn't mean you're allowed to do it. Just because we say if I happen to be living in your house without your permission, I don't have to pay you, doesn't mean that I'm allowed to live in your house without your permission, okay? But his claim is, look, because we say you don't have to pay for the slaves, and the slaves are going to be like Karka, the reason you don't pay is the Zelo Chasser. Zelo Chasser assumes that, that the master, it's considered good for the master that I'm, see, that I'm using their slave and that the slaves shouldn't become lazy. And that's why I think that, that A, I don't have to pay, and B, why I think they even have a right to do it, which is particularly surprising. So the Gemara says, anyway, even if all that's true, that it's, a, it's good for the master and it's a Zelo Chasser, and you're allowed to do it you still shouldn't be doing it in this case. Why not? Um, he said to him, All of that might be defensible if you didn't, if they didn't owe you money. Okay, if you were not a lender, a creditor to them. Mark, even the Masik Buzuze, since you have you have lent them money, now you lent them money, and now you're taking the slaves and having them as their slaves work for you. That looks like interest. That looks like you're getting a benefit from them. You're not having it pay off their loan. You're just pocketing it. Okay? You shouldn't be doing that. Even though they said that if you live in your friend's yard, you know, house without his permission, you don't have to pay him for it. Again, assuming that it was a case of like a zelo chaser. Okay? If he happens to owe you money and you're living in his yard, in that case, okay, in that case, you have to pay him for it. Okay? Because even though technically you could say, I'm getting something that doesn't normally, you know, have to be paid for, and if it doesn't have to be paid for, it has a zero dollar market value. Okay? That's not, even if that's technically true, it still looks like you're taking advantage of the person. It looks like you're getting something for nothing, getting something as a result of your loan. Even if, Luckily, it's something that would not have you would not have to pay for. Okay, Amalei Hadribi, you're right. I retract. I'll stop doing it. Okay, so again, very interesting. On the, on the one hand, this is interesting just from the principle of what do you call it? Uh, um, um, and putting that side by side to the principle of Zela. right? And this is really an interesting nafkimin of what it means that it's karka nigzal or not nigzal, or slaves nigzal or not nigzal. One is the ability to say. I never took possession of it. If technically I didn't take possession of it, even though I schlepped the slave to my house, and even though now it's a different object and it's old and whatever, it's injured. Maybe even if the slave is dead at this stage, you know, I can just step away and say, okay, but you know, I never took possession. I never have to give you back. You know, I don't owe you anything. I just walk away. That's one issue of of, of Enonigso. The other issue is is that a goslin, because he takes possession, his taking possession both makes him liable to pay to compensate and to give back right that's one that's one thing the act of Zayl requires which wouldn't apply by Kark and slaves I mean you have to give it back because it's not yours but you don't again have to replace it if something happened okay so one thing Zayl does is it requires compensation and replacement but the other thing Zayl does is it makes the person into a de facto owner in the sense that he can use it without paying for his use that we saw yesterday and that's what the Gemara is now testing out 
by a slave. If I steal your land, if I take possession of your, if I take possession of your cow and use it, I don't have to pay you. If I take possession of your land and use it, I do have to pay you. In a case of zenyanev zechaser, if zenyanev zelochaser, I don't. Zenyanev zechaser, I do have to pay off your land. What is the story by a slave? So here we're saying that a slave is like a land. Right. So our earlier sugi of zenyanev zechaser. Now we are finding out there was a reason that was talking only about land and wasn't talking about taking your car or taking your cow. Because in that case, you wouldn't pay because you're a goslin, ironically. But when you're not a goslin, when you're just sitting on it, then you would pay. Okay? And the slave is like the land. Okay? And if we say the case of a slave is a zelo chaser, which is what we're claiming, which is, again, you know, uh, like whatever, really reflects a very particular attitude they had towards slaves. Oh, the owner always wants me to use the slave. Okay? Then because it's, then that's why you would actually also not pay for the slave. It's like living in the house. It's a zenyan Okay, so again, if it was chattel, if it was a cow, you would never pay because you're a goslin. If it's land or a slave, you would pay if it were a case of zechaser. But we're claiming that the standard case is a case of zelochaser, that the owner is not losing as a result, so you don't pay. All right, and then the only um, remaining issue in the Gemara was, nevertheless, that doesn't mean you can do it lechatchila, and certainly that you shouldn't be doing it if the guy owes you money, then it looks like ribbis. All right, Tosus has a fascinating discussion, which is what are the things you're not allowed to do once somebody owes you money or um, you know could you not do things that even if you would normally do like let's say like let's say a guy would normally like uh, you know lend you his uh, he's your next door neighbor and he would normally lend you his rake can you borrow his rake if you owe if he owes you money because well we're going to say it looks like ribbit right can he greet you in the street and say like oh Shalom you know Rav Moshe has a shayla of if somebody can like write in the uh, like in the beginning of a book can write like a, a thank you, you know, like a, an, not an, an acknowledgement, what's it called? A uh, dedication or something like that to people that have lent money towards the publishing of the book. Maybe that's like ribbit because you're publicly thanking the person, right? What are the types of things that you can or can't do? Tosos basically says something that you would have done without the money having been lent that would have normally been something you would have done. Like if you were my next door neighbor and of course I let you use my slaves when they're, when they're not doing anything. That's a regular thing we do with one another is we let each other use our slaves when they're lying around and not doing anything right so then you could do that even if you owed me money okay or I could do that too, whatever you know because but if it's something that would not n- have normally been done right then it, it's a question of looking like ribbis but Tosus deals with that you know important question right what are the types of things that look like ribbis you know it might be a favor you're doing for me but it might have been a favor you would have done anyway yes it's a really interesting question, not just for the ribbit thing, but like to apply generally to positions of power and like uh, drawing more boundaries. When that's an excellent point. Right, right, right. Once there's that power difference, even if it's something that you would have done before, it takes on a very different, you know, sort of meaning in that power dynamic. Yeah, so, so Tosus looks at exactly that question. All right, so now the Gemara continues. Etma was taught. Hatokis Finoso Shachavera, how about a boat? Now, as a boat is also, a boat is like metallically, and of course, one always wonders what type of a boat. You know, there's like a little boat, there's a rowboat, and then there's like the, you know, Queen Elizabeth, you know, whatever, if you go by drive down the docks there. <laughs> right. Well, at a certain point, one imagines that a boat is like Karka, but anyway. Okay, if you see a small boat, okay, a boat of your friend, which is metallically, and you used it to do malacha. Okay, you ferried people, or whatever you did with it. Amarav, so basically, that's a case of a Ganev, a Goslin, 
and you don't pay the rent, right? So you're a goslin. So you're a goslin, you basically just give back the boat and you're done. It's not a case of karka. It's not a case of slaves. So Rav says, If the owner wants, he can get paid for the rental fee. And if you want... He get paid for you know for any damage that occurred, any depreciation. Uh, obviously, he would take the, the larger of the two. So the question is, why does he get to be paid the rental fee? Why isn't it just a case of a goslin? Okay, for Shmuel Amar, ain't level No, you only pay for the depreciation, which makes sense if you're a goslin. I'm going to pop a low plea. They don't debate. Had avida laagra, had lo avida laagra. It depends whether this is a normal thing that is a is, is standing to be rented or not. How much, right? If I basically have a business where I rent out boats that I rent out you know $10 for an hour for the rowboats and you jump in my rowboat and you use it for an hour and you come back then you have to pay then I can collect the $10 okay but the problem still is that but if it's just stam a boat in my backyard right and it's not something I normally rent so you know why would you have a right to collect like a rental fee but the question is even if I do normally charge rent why aren't you a goslin so the Gemara says even if it is something that I normally Charge a rental fee for. How did Nachisay adaited the igrav? How did Nachisay adaited the gazlanusa? When you went and you took my rowboat without asking me, right? Were you sort of, sort of assuming like I'm not stealing it? I'm just borrowing it. I'm going to return it, right? I'm just using it. If that's true, here's the interesting thing: because you're like not a goslin, you're just using my boat. Well, if you're using my boat and I normally rent it out, then you're implicitly agreeing to be a renter of the boat, even if you, you know, you didn't sort of agree to it. But because you're not a Gazan, you're not trying to take it for yourself, right? You don't have the Kinyan Exela. Again, here is the irony that the more you're a Russia, the more you're a Gazlin, the less you have to pay. Okay? So if you're trying to take it for yourself, and then you change your mind, or I caught up with you and I seized it back, so, oh, you were a Gazlin. As a Gazlin, you have rights, de facto rights, and you don't pay me for it. But if you weren't trying to take it for yourself, if you weren't just borrowing it, well, if you're borrowing something that I normally rent out by the hour, please pay me the rental fee. Okay? You don't get Kinyan and then you have to pay me. So again, quite interesting that the less of a Gazan you are, the more you have to pay for the use. Alright, now the Gemara gets to the case of Shinoi in the Mishnah. A crack is literally a crack, and then you can't return it. Nista, when it's, inv- when it's been invalidated and you can return it, is Pasalto Malchus. The government has invalidated it. After the Confederate War, all the, you know, the Civil War, all Confederate money is invalid, and that's when you can actually say, even if it's been invalidated. Okay, now... Um, or even by the whole country. If it's been invalidated by the whole country, by the whole, you know, Roman government has invalidated these coins, then it's like it's got a crack. Anybody looks at it like it's a clearly worthless money. Okay, it's not something, even though it's like, you know, there's not a physical change, how we see things also is impacted by our, like, you know, interpretation of reality. So it sees, we see it now as invalid money. And therefore, you cannot say, if the entire if the entire government has invalidated it, so So what's the case of being invalid that you is not considered like a visible damage and you're able to return it? So it can't be used here, but it can be used in another like locale. So that type of a case, it's not completely invalid. It's not nobody will accept this money. Okay, if you go ahead and you take this money to a different type of a different country, it's under the same you know Roman uh, Empire, but it's in a different 
different country, it will be usable. Okay, so that's something. So if it's nowhere, nowhere in the Roman Empire can this money be used, then even if it's not a physical change, you can't say, it's like it's been damaged. Okay, it's like it's visibly not the same thing. But if it can be used elsewhere, even if it can't be used here, it still is money. But that's money that you have to spend elsewhere. I mean, I'm sure we all have somewhere in our dresser drawers, like all this, you know, cu- you know currency that we have from our various trips that's sitting there and like we treat it as worthless until we happen to be going to that country again. Yeah, like you got a 50 bucks but as long as you, you know as long as it's you know somewhere halfway around the world it's like it's like plain money until you actually have a time to use it right so is that case, so that would be a case that you could say what? <laughs> if, 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 the, if the lieutenant become completely unusable yes. how is going to happen even if you hadn't stolen it well, we're not making you pay because you caused the loss, right? We're ma- well, first of all, I could say maybe the guy could have traded it before it became invalid. You don't know how he could have used it. But the end of the day is we're not making you pay because you caused the loss. Then you, there'd be a lot of cases you're paying for that you don't pay for. We're making you pay because you didn't return. You stole something worth a thousand dollars and you returned something that was worthless. So I don't care if it was your fault or not your fault, right? It's just that you did not. Your act of stealing made you liable to co- pay the you know what it was the value of the thing it was that you stole well yes for once the thief loses out because you can't make the same IRA exactly but it's a good point you're not making your pay because you're at fault but because you just did not return the same object that you stole okay so the message is like this. Um, um, so Rav Chizu said, Rav Chizu, you say that, that even if the entire Roman government, you know, Roman Empire has invalidated it, you could still say, one minute. How is that different than other cases you can't say it? When, 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 when fruit becomes rotted and wine becomes vinegar, that's something that's like completely unusable. That's like the entire empire has invalidated and there you do have to pay back based on how you stole basically what makes this better the obvious answer is that this is not visible that is visible let's see what he says back seems to be what he's saying back there actually you can use your senses right you know the taste the smell it is a clear you know uh, uh, you know uh, physical difference that has occurred to the thing and therefore you can't say Physically, it's the exact same coin. So even if everybody looks at it as worthless now, it is still physically the same object. You might say nobody considers it money anymore, but again, that's not a physical change. And as long as it's not a physical change, you can say, I'm going You say that when the, when the Roman you know, Empire invalidated it, that is like a crack. It's like a physical change. We have other things that are worthless that are not considered a physical change when Truma becomes Tomei or you can say Chametz Vavalava Pesach right that's now completely invalid worthless okay not a to- I mean it's not totally worthless you can burn the Truma but you can also melt down coins okay but it's a full status change how is it different yeah there it's not it's not noticeable so here is really the Gemara did a beautiful job of explaining what the debate is. Something that has no physical change, but it's noticeable. How can it be noticeable if it's not physical? It's noticeable because our way of looking at it has changed. Right? You understand that? Until now we've looked at this as currency, and now we look at it as a garbage. It's not currency. Now again, it has value. It could be melted down. So it's a non 
physical change that is noticeable to everybody. Right? It's a great, like, it's a great test case, right? Our way of looking has changed, not the physical object. So one says that you can't say, it's not physical. The other says you can't, because it's not, it's not Hareshachal. We don't look at it as the same type of a thing anymore. Okay. Itmar, it was taught, you lent your friend money um, on a coin. Now, what does it mean? There's a whole debate of Rashi and Tosas, but I'll just tell you Rashi's words. And Rashi basically says, you know, I'm selling you something or you're investing in some project of mine, okay, and we say you'll pay me $10,000 for it. But it's just not a case where I straight lent you the money. We'll talk in a minute if I straight lent you the money. I sell you some product or, you know, I make you, I invest you, you, you become an investor in my thing and you owe me $10,000. And now, the coins that were at the time that we were doing it are now no longer usable, okay? You know, the government has invalidated them. So do you pay me, can you pay me with $10,000 of the old coins? No. Rav Amar, no sin lo matpeya You owe me $10,000 if there's a new dollars have been issued. You have to pay me not the dollars at the time of the transaction. You have to pay me $10,000 now when it comes time for payment. That makes sense. The Shmuel Amar, no, you can pay me 10000 of the old dollars. Again, assuming that those old dollars are still usable somewhere else, even if they're not usable here. So this is exactly the case of Salto Medina, not Malchus. Okay? It's a coin that can't be used here, that can be used elsewhere. So we even... T- what? Presumably, but, you, but you, you, know, you have to spend the money to get to the other place, right? I mean, the fact that it's not worth here means, you know, that it's... So, but yes, yeah, so the course is so similar to the discussion before of can a goslin say here's the question I owe you money can I pay you with old money that was used at the time of the earlier transaction that's no longer usable here but is still usable somewhere else okay on the one hand I can say well at the time of the transaction this was good and you can still use it somewhere else on the other hand right now it's not usable in this locale okay so Rav says you have to give me usable funds here Shmuel says you can go say no here take it it's still it's a type of money that was in currency at the time of our earlier transaction and I know you can't use it here but you know go to Meishan and use it there it's usable there Shmuel's claim that that's money kids considered paying up your debt that only makes sense to Islay Orcha Lameza Lameshan that you anyway are going to be going to a trip to Meishan look you're going to be going to England pretty soon I know you got a business trip there in a few weeks you should be able to you should be willing to accept this money you're going to be going there anyway because that makes sense. Right? It's sort of like the example I gave you about money in your in, in your in your dresser, right? If like for, for, if you're not going there for like a few years, it's like you know, as soon as you're going there in a week, oh my God, this is like hundred dollars I have here, right? So as soon as you're planning on going there, it really is considered legitimate currency. Of a lazy orcha, if that's not, if not your plans to go there, low. That would not be considered legitimate payment. Let's just read a little bit more. We're falling behind. You know, I think we have to end. So. We're a good deal behind, but whatever. But it's already 8.30, so we'll pick up with this tomorrow.